Good evening. Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, except for the next three months, July, August and September, it'll be the Summer of Shocks, which is my look at the Prana franchise, Stephen King movies and this month's movies, Alfred Hitchcock. So here we have it at a rear window, the Alfred Hitchcock of Hitchcock movies. The story of a neighbour sticking his nose in where it shouldn't be. Also, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there aren't after you. This story has been copied many, many times from its 1990s remake to Eyes Beneath. Why, I hear you ask? Because the story is so simple. A wheelchair-bound man spies on his neighbours until one night he hears a scream of a murder. Thing is, however, is he mad from cabin fever or did he actually hear what he thought he heard? How many times have you curtain twitched on a noisy neighbour? Or when something has happened outside your bloody apartment and or home? I mean, really, aren't we all curtain twitchers? And also in this is the ultimate atomic blonde in Grace Kelly. Indeed, she was in three Hitchcock movies and wanted to be in Marini. Marini, I that's a bloody name. However, her husband, Prince Renner of Monaco, didn't want her to play a thief. He also banned her from acting and indeed banned her movies. Moving on, this is based off a book, It Had To Be Murder, recent 1942, that was then turned into a play and then turned into a movie. The set was so big it took up an entire stage at the Paramount lot and cost over $100,000 to build. In fact, all these homes had electricity and running water. Indeed, one actress went on to claim she lived on set uh, for a couple of weeks between shots, I believe. Anyway, with this budget of $1 million, this thing pulled in $34 million, not adjusting for inflation, and quickly became everyone's favourite Hitchcock movie. So, let's open the curtains, grab the binoculars, and spy on that one neighbour. Starring Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly, Wendell Corey, Thelma Ritter, and Raymond Blur. Directed by Sir Alfred Hitchcock. The plot, a wheelchair-bound photographer spies on his neighbours. He thinks he hears one of them kill their wife, and gets his friends to help them prove it. Thing is, did he actually hear what he thought he heard, or is on his head? Is he indeed safe in his own house? Let's find out. So the movie opens up on some bright and breezy jazz music as blinds slowly open to reveal an apartment complex. The camera goes through the window to show a New York neighbourhood circa 1954 through the Hitchcock lens. As we see people going about their day, the camera then pulls in to see our hero, LB Jeff Jeffries, played by Jimmy Stewart, as he's sweating his head off, well actually sweating his arse off, as the temperature is well over 90 Celsius, or Fahrenheit, or whatever. We then meet the cast of characters, including the songwriter, played by Ross Bagdarsian, uh, who is annoyed he can't get his one piece to work on the piano. Miss Torso, played by Georgina Darcy, a ballet dancer that'll do anything for her career, even if Jeff thinks she's a bit loose. Miss Lonely Hearts, played by Judith Evelyn, a woman who has given up on her love and indeed life. And our villain, Lars Thorwald, played by Raymond Burr, of Ironside, Perry Mason, fame, and something I never knew until this review, three Godzilla movies. Well, you know. The camera pulls back to Jeff's apartment, 
where we find out he's in a wheelchair with a broken leg due to taking a dangerous shot of a motor race, as we see his camera has been smashed to pieces. His editor calls to congratulate him on getting his cast off after seven weeks, until Jeff points out that's next week. All the while, he's spying on his neighbours, mostly Miss Torso, as she danced around in her bra and panties. And wait a minute here, I thought Psycho was the first Hitchcock movie that showed a bra. This is six years before that. Okay then. He pleads for his editor to get him anything. I mean, to get him out of this bloody house. He's been in this apartment for seven long weeks. And it's only a two-bedroom apartment, or two-room apartment even. So he's begging for something to do. Calvin Fever's setting in then. Here, he catches the first glimpse of trouble between Thorwald and his wife, played by Irina Winston, as the two bicker and she nags and nags him. He notices the neighbour, uh, Miss Hearing Aid, played by Jeselyn Fox, fights with Thorwald over how to tender his precious prized plants. In walks Jeff's home help, Stella, played by Thelma Ritter, of the great All About Eve, as she warns him not to be a peeping tom. Uh, she goes on to tell Jeff that she should have been a fortune teller as she saw a 1929 stock crash happening because she just happened to work for a GM of General Motors. Yeah, that's called insider training love, not bloody psychic abilities. She goes on to warn him to keep his nose out of other people's business and not to spy on them. During a massage, he tells her he can also see trouble coming as his girlfriend, Lisa, wants to get married but he doesn't. He goes on to say she's too good for him, she's perfect, smart, beautiful, and belongs with the upper crust, not him. He does have a point here, however. After all, he is in this crummy little two-room apartment when you're supposed to believe he's a big shot photographer zooming around the world, taking shots of sporting events, natural disasters, and war zones. So maybe she is too good for him, or maybe he should move out of Skid Row and find somewhere nice. After a quick talk about a, how modern marriage is killing marriage, he goes straight back to spying on neighbours, because of course he would. With two new players, Mr and Mrs Nolowed, played by Rant Harper and Hovis Davenport, to spy on, to keep him happy, as the two do nothing but have sex, because they're Nolowed's. Funny, right? That night, as neighbours go about their nightly routine, Jeff is awakened by Lisa Fremont, played by Grace Kelly, of Dial in for Murder, to catch a thief. And high society, the two kiss, and then he has a go at her haute couture dress, which she says is fresh from Paris, costing a mere $1,100. That is $10,500 in today's money. Ouch! Seems she's a fashionista and a socialite. And what is it with Hitchcock and rich blonde socialites? I mean, come on, Hitchcock, try something new and diverse. She splashes out on a silver cigarette box for him and a home-cooked meal from his favourite restaurant. She's going to tell him about her day dashing around New York, circa 1954, looking at fashion lines, schmoozing with the right people and ordering dinner at his favourite restaurant, 21. He goes on to mock her and God, what a dickhead this guy actually is. She then pleads with him to give up being a war correspondent and take up fashion photography, but he just sits there and scoffs at her again. What a complete dick. What exactly did she see in him? I mean, he's just a jobbing photographer going from paycheck to paycheck, but she's a high fashion mogul rubbing shoulders of the rich and powerful. What exactly does she see in him? I mean, I guess he's an average, ordinary person, but still, come on, love, you can do much better than him. 
He goes back to spying on his neighbours because, of course, he does, including Miss Lonely Heart, as she preps for a date that doesn't show up. As Lisa preps the meal for him, he just sits there and gops at this poor, desperate old woman. I love the fact that every one of the neighbours has every one of the windows and blinds wide open, yet they're all surprised when someone's watching them. Get in. And here, Jeff judges every neighbour. He sees from Miss Longheart to Miss Torso, which she thinks is a bit of a slut because she courts many, many men. However, Lisa points out she's just a woman juggling wolves, whatever that means. He then goes on to spy on Thorwald as he gives his bed-ridden wife a meal. She complains the food is too hot and continues to nag him yet again. As Hitchcock cameo, as the screen, sorry, the songwriter's boss, as he sits and winds a clock to keep time. Lisa now serves Jeff the dinner of lobster, yet all he cares about is spying on his neighbours, because of course he does, he doesn't give two shits about her, all he wants to do is get all the gossip on the neighbours. Yeah love, dump his ass and move the fuck on, he is not worth the bloody hassle. She's more of a lobster and champagne type of girl, where he's more of a hot dog and warm beer kind of person, so dump the ass off him. She even rants that he could easily slip and slot other into her world and she could slot into his world, giving half of the chance. He then shoots her down with, no you wouldn't, you couldn't eat fish heads and rice and live in a tent at minus 100. Uh, again, this guy's a complete dick to her. He goes on to talk to talk down to her yet again, as to how she's so upper class and he is on the ground. Again, what a complete utter cunt. What the fuck does she see in him? Surely she can do better than this um, bad boy. Because he is not a bad boy, he's a pudgy, middle-aged, grumpy old fucking man. The two then break up. Good, I say dump his ass a long time ago and move the fuck on somebody else who actually appreciates you. I mean, she gets this lobster dinner delivered to his door um, from the other end of New York. And how the fuck money did that cost? I mean, Jesus Christ. So I guess you can go back to eating beans straight out of the can then. The fucking... Heartbroken, she runs out. So what does he do? Why go straight back to spying on his neighbours? Because he's a complete, utter bastard. He hears a scream and grass glass breaking, but thinks none of it. As fall back to sleep, as later at night he's woken up by a clap of thunder. He watches Thorwald carry a large suitcase out with him in the pouring rain. He checks his watch and it's 10 to 2 in the morning. Thorwald returns and it's 25 to 3 with a much lighter suitcase. With all the windows and blinds closed, Jeff can't see in. He spies on his songwriter as he drunkenly smashes up his room, I guess, to play field in. And then back to Thorwald, who again has his heavy ass suitcase with him. Much later that night, he watches him return with an empty suitcase. Much, much later, we see Thorwald and a mysterious woman leave his apartment carrying a suitcase. So did he kill his wife? And is this the mistress, or is it all innocent, and it's all in Jeff's mind? The next morning, it's business as usual for the neighbours, and it goes, uh, they go about their daily routines, all but one. Thorwald, who still has his blinds and windows closed. Ups a neighbour of his, lowers down her dog in a basket, as you do, to do his business in Thorwald's backyard. 
back to Jeff, who is getting another massage by his nurse, who again tells him to keep his nose out of other people's business. He goes on to tell her he watched Thorwald go out at all hours in a pouring rain last night, and he hasn't seen his wife since late afternoon the following uh, the day before. A sudden strike of paranoia hits Jeff as Thorwald looks out his window, so now he knows how it fucking feels. Jeff then watches Thorwald clean out the inside of the suitcase. Before the nurse leaves, Jeff asks her to hand him his binoculars. Why the fuck do you need your binoculars, mate? You're only about 90 foot from the fucking apartment complex, you nosy bastard. With that, he continues to spy. The binoculars are no good, so he has a telescopic lens on his camera to use. What the fucking nosy bastard? Using which he sees Thorwald wrapping up a saw and sword in newspaper. If he did actually kill his wife, then why the fuck is he cleaning the suitcase and murder weapons in broad daylight with the windows and blinds wide open? Is this guy a fucking moron or what? Later at night, Lisa is in Jeff's arms, begging for him to pay her attention. Yeah, love. So much on you never see me again. Uh, okay, now, is Jeff gay? Because he has a woman that was a hell of Locked like Grace Kelly in her prime, in his lap, all over him, and all he thinks about is the salesman across the courtyard. I mean, she gets annoyed at him, so climbs off him to have a cigarette. When out of nowhere, he pipes up. Just how do you go about cutting of a body? Yeah, love, run! This guy's a fucking nut job. She finally had enough and snaps at him, and then stomps off, thinking it's all in his head, being stuck indoors for weeks on end. And indeed, he, cabin fever has set in. Until she sees herself, Thorwald is struggling with an old traveller's chest. And then she wants to hear the entire story from the start. Much later at night, Lisa is out to get the name of the neighbour as Jeff watches Thorwald smoke a cigar in the pitch black apartment. Okay, that's just creepy. Next day. He calls his friend, who just happens to be a cop, to tell him the story. The cop doesn't want to believe the story, of course, as he asks to come over anyway. As this is happening, Thorwald gets two burly men to carry away the trunk. And one wee thing here, shouldn't the apartment start to smell? I mean, it's been three nights and two days in temperatures over 90 Celsius, yet not one person has smelled anything and he hasn't even cleaned up. The only thing he's cleaned up is the inside of his suitcase. Come on, really? Plus, there's not a drop of blood on the mattress, as you see the mattress has been rolled up. So, what is that going to do with the body parts, with all the blood and the gore and the stuff? Mm. Stella, the nurse, runs out to catch the name of the truck as Jeff watches Thorwald making a long-distance phone call. So, hold on a second here. You tried to tell me an older woman managed to run down two flights of stairs, run around a block and outside, and it's just in the nick of time to see the, the truck pull away? Yeah, I think not. Later, his friend, Detective Doyle, played by Wendell Corey, comes over to hear the whole story, but Jeff tells him he didn't even see the murder. Uh, he only heard it, so the detective wants proof. Jeff pushes the matter, so to shut him up, Detective Doyle says he'll look into it. Not before telling him no man would kill his wife in the open with 50 windows looking in and then sit in the dark and smoke a cigar while waiting to be caught. That's a good point actually. Unless of course you've planned to hide it all in plain sight. After all, where is the best place to hide something but in plain sight? The neighbour's dog starts to dig up Thorwald's prize flubber bed. 
So Thorwald chases it away. Much later, Doyle, after doing some digging, returns to Jeff to tell him all he found out about Thorwald, that he, he indeed has the lease for six months. He drinks, but he's not too much of a drunk. But he is a jewellery salesman, and he nor his wife has talked to any neighbours, except that one time where they made a big song and dance about her talking to the neighbours when they left at 6am the previous day. This doesn't sit well with Jeff, who tells Doyle to dig in some more. So off Doyle goes to check out the fine details of Thorwald's story, not before telling Jeff he found a postcard addressed to Thorwald in a mailbox from his wife, who's supposed to be in the next town 80 miles over. So in one day she must write a postcard and get it posted from the next town 80 miles over, and it arrived the same day. I don't guess how post works, especially in the 50s. That night, while having sandwiches and milk to spy on his neighbours, as you do, the upstairs neighbour lowers down her dog in a basket yet again. And this has to be the laziest woman I've ever seen. She doesn't take her dog out, but lowers it in a basket to shit all over the downstairs yard. Yeah, love, you're a great neighbour. More spying on Miss Loneyheart as she goes, sorry, she gets dressed for another date that doesn't show up. He sees Thorwald coming home to sit in the dark and watch him. He then watches him pack a bag, so calls Doyle to tell him to come over, but he's not in, so he leaves a message with his wife. As Thorwald launches through his wife's things, he finds her jewellery, including her wedding ring. Lisa returns wearing an outfit straight out of bloody birds. I swear to God it's the same green outfit that Tippy Hedron wore. Jeff gives her the lowdown. As they both watch Thorwald leave the apartment, she tells him she wants to check out of the apartment. All this over, a bag full of jewellery, and need her handbag, except she points out that no one would leave her jewellery nor wedding ring behind, therefore she's dead. Okay then. In walks Doyle to ask Jeff what else he has on Thorwald. He gets a phone call from the cops for some reason, after which Lisa spits out her theory that the woman Thorwald was seen with wasn't his wife, but indeed the mistress. Here Doyle tells them both what he found out, that Thorwald did indeed send his wife to Meritsville. Also, there's a hundred witnesses that saw her, therefore he did not kill his wife. Lisa points out that could have couldn't have been his wife as his wife rather wouldn't have left her handbag and indeed her jewellery behind. Doyle doesn't want to hear this, and with the evidence he can do nothing anyway. With that he leaves Lisa and Jeff watching Miss Lonely Hearts, much younger date, try to take advantage of her until she throws him out. Where the fuck she got this date from is beyond me because she's sitting in a restaurant all alone for hours on end and this guy just shows up and tries to rape her. Terrible. Lisa then pulls down Jeff's blinds and unsettlingly hits on him. Returning from the bathroom, Lisa is wearing a long flowing silk nightgown. How very sexy. Suddenly they hear a scream as Lisa checks out its Thorwald's upstairs neighbour as her dog is dead. The entire neighbourhood comes up to see the dead dog, yet not three days before did anyone hear a woman scream. Okay then. Jeff points out the only person not not to come to the window was Thorwald, who is again sitting in the dark smoking a cigar. He points out the dog has dug something up, therefore he killed it. Next day, Jeff, Lisa and Stella is now standing watching Thorwald clean the bathroom walls, saying He's getting rid of the bloodstains after three days, really, mate. I mean, Jeff points out Thorwald's flowers are lower 
therefore his wife must be underneath them or indeed evidence of him killing her. Jack comes up with a plan to get evidence on Thorwald, which means someone will have to go over to the apartment and do some snooping. After writing a quick note asking what did you do with your wife, Lisa goes over there to mail it. Thorwald reads a note and runs after Lisa, but she slips away in the backyard and then returns to Jeff. While she's doing that, Stella notices Miss Lonelyheart is taking pills to kill herself. All Jeff cares about is Thorwald and catching him in the act. It would have killed him to either A, call an ambulance, or B, send Stella around to stop her after she has a bloody nurse. With that, the two girls want to dig up the backyard, but Jeff calls Thorwald to get him out of the apartment where Lisa goes in for a snoop. Jeff loads up a flashbulb for his camera as he has to snap a picture of the girls to warn him about Thorwald coming back. Okay then. As Stella digs up the backyard, but they find nothing. So Lisa blicks into Thorwald's apartment to find evidence. Stella returns to Jeff's side, and here Stella notices Miss Lonelyheart has left a note. And wow, Hitchcock, that is dark. Lisa finds the jewels. However, Jeff is on the telephone to call the police for Miss Lonelyheart's and can't warn her that Thorwald has returned. So what can Stella not take a fucking picture then, this silly bitch? Catching her, he beats her down. The police arrive, but Thorwald gets Lisa arrested. Wait a minute here. He slapped her across the face and she doesn't pipe up like he... Oh my god. Thorwald then notices that Jeff is spying on him. So Jeff comes up with the bail money. He sends Stella away. This gives Thorwald the chance to get him once and for all. And hold on a minute here. They say um, Lisa will be taken down to, uh, for a $250 bail. Yet she's still in the apartment complex. She isn't even in jail yet. So he sends Stella away to pay the bail. Okay then. Anyway, Thorwald sneaks over there and slowly menaces Jeff. Who uses his camera flash to blind Thorwald? It doesn't work. So Jeff shouts for help as Thorwald throws him at the window. The entire neighbourhood is watching him. Thorwald is arrested in the nick of time. However, Jeff falls into the arms of the police below. Thorwald spills absolutely everything about the cops. He did indeed kill his wife. He has a mistress and indeed he killed the dog. Months, if not weeks later, Miss Lonelyhearts is dating Mr. Songwriter. Came out of nowhere. The newlyweds have a bun in the oven after all the sex. Thorwald's upstairs neighbour has a new dog. Miss Torso's husband comes home for the war as Jeff now has two broken legs. While Lisa is in bed reading a fashion magazine as a credits a roll. So that was Rear Window, one of Hitchcock's best, maybe. I don't know if it's because I've seen this movie done to death from everything from Murder, She Wrote to The Simpsons, but this is pretty much a toothless thriller. The acting is top-notch, the story is weak, however. I mean, why would Thorwald just give up all the information there and then when he's quickly arrested? Could he not have denied it all? I mean, why did he take it forever to walk across Jeff's small room? And why didn't any neighbours smell anything at all? Come on, really? However, this is a solid 7 out of 10 movie. Still, come back next week as I look at Rope. Then the following week is Dial M for Murder. September is Stephen King movies. October is House on Haunted Hill movies. November is Night Off movies. And December is End of the World movies. Because why the fuck not? Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Or email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com Check out my other horror podcasts of Psycho, Aliens, House, Hellraiser and more. Also my solo podcast of The Thing, The Stuff, Donnie Darko, 
Dracula and many more. A uh, bye. And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. Now I'm off to close the blinds from that one nosy neighbour. Mm-hmm.